Merry Christmas. May this day be filled with joy, with all the hope and peace uh, in your lives this Christmas season. Um, let us pray. God, we give you thanks for this day, a day where we gather to sing of your birth. Today, we rejoice and celebrate your birth. You're born to give light into the darkness. You were born to give us hope. We pray that we would continue to speak of this hope this day and the days to come. Amen. Friends, the story of the birth of Jesus is an amazing story. It has been told and retold in churches all over the world today. This is a familiar story. When you hear the words, Caesar Augustus sent out a decree. The minute you hear those words and whoever was speaking in front of you, you would start saying the words that followed. Because this is a story that is so familiar to us. It's almost like repeating the Lord's Prayer. Yet, in the midst of this familiar story, each year we find a nugget of truth that comes alive to us. I believe that nugget of truth that comes, uh, comes alive to us is from the Holy Spirit. There's the Holy Spirit speaking to us through a familiar story. It is my hope that you would hear the Spirit of the Lord this day. That you would hear something beautiful, something meaningful that would speak to your heart. Even though this story is familiar, let me just catch up to you just in case you've missed it. There were two people, Mary and Joseph. They were Jesus' parents. And today we're celebrating the birth of that Savior, Jesus. The story that is found in the gospel starts about nine months before that. When an angel visits Mary and tells Mary, Mary, you're going to have a child. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. And Mary submits to the will of God in that moment and she says, may this be to me according to your word. Then a few months later, there's a dream where Joseph gets instruction from an angel to take Mary to be his wife. Joseph and Mary were engaged to be married, and Joseph learns that Mary was pregnant. And in those days, when you get pregnant out of wedlock, it was a disgrace. It would have disgraced Mary's family. It would have brought disgrace to Joseph's family as well. But Joseph does what the angel tells him to do. A few weeks ago, I was preaching about um, Joseph, and I observed a new insight that I have never saw before. In my opinion, I think Joseph was the best husband there was there ever lived. And the reason I reached to this conclusion that I shared a few weeks ago was in all through the gospel, you read the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all through the gospels, you don't hear a word from Joseph. Joseph just does what he's told. <laughs> husbands, husbands to be, there's a key for you. Follow what Joseph did. Just do it. Don't, don't give your opinion. Anyway, so Caesar Augustus issues this degree that all people, all the known world should take a census, that everyone should be counted. And the reason Caesar Augustus is doing this uh, is out of a selfish reason. Because when you take a census, that means you can count how many people are living in your empire. 
that means you can tax them. This was a source of revenue for Caesar Augustus. And that's what he was trying to do. So Mary and Joseph make a trip. They leave their home that they've called for all these years. And they leave Nazareth and travel down to Bethlehem. So that Jesus can be born in the lineage of David. The promise was made to God's people, to the Hebrew people, that David's throne will always have a king. And Jesus was supposed to be that king who would reign for eternity. And God's reign would be fulfilled through Jesus. Mary and Joseph make their way to Bethlehem. There is no place for them to stay. The only place that is given for them that night is a barn. And Jesus is born in a manger in a barn. In a manger next to cows and hay, Jesus is born. Jesus' crib was a cow's feeding trough. This is how the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, the promised Messiah, comes into the world. While all this took place, there were shepherds watching the flocks at night. These shepherds were on a night shift. They wanted to make sure that they could protect the sheep that they owned. They didn't want someone to come and steal their property, their sheep. And they didn't want the wild animals to hurt them either. That's what shepherds did. So they spent night after night out in the cold, guarding their sheep. In the cold, bearing all the elements. Here's what I want to focus uh, tonight. I want to focus on what the angels told the shepherds and what the shepherds did. Because that day, when they started their night shift of guarding their sheep, they didn't quite expect what was going to happen next. And this is what we read from Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same reason, they were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Verse 13, and suddenly a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. The shepherds on that night heard these words, for unto you a savior is born and he is Christ the Lord. This boy in that manger, friends, that night is called a savior. Friends, I want to remind you that this Savior is, not, is the one, a Savior is the one who saves his people from oppression. When the shepherds heard this, I'm sure they would have thought of Moses. Moses who delivered his people out of slavery into freedom. They would have thought of other Saviors who came to deliver them from their enemies. But this Savior... This child who was born in that manger that day is different from all those other saviors. This savior did not come into the world to save people 
from the oppression of Rome. But this Savior came to do something more. The Savior came into this world to break chains of oppression that bind our hearts and souls. He came to deliver us from sin and addiction. The Savior came into this world to deliver us from evil and danger. The Savior, we are told, would save us from our sin. The Savior has come into this world to restore the relationship between God and humanity. For unto you, this day, a Savior is born. Today we come to celebrate the birth of this Savior. Let me ask you, what is it that you need saving from? Today, during family festivities and celebrations, in the midst of happy times and smiles, in the midst of giving gifts and receiving gifts, what is it that you need to be saved from? What is it that you need and desire? Is it being saved from jealousy? Is it being saved from addiction? Is it being saved from unmet expectations, loss of a relationship, hurts caused by relationships? What is it that you are in need of saving? Let me assure you that Jesus, whose birthday we celebrate today, is the living God who came in the form of a boy and would save the world from brokenness. He has come into the world that is filled with darkness and brokenness to give light and healing. Friends, hear this good news. Hear this good news that the shepherds heard on that day. That Jesus was born to save us. He came into this world so that the darkness that surrounds us is broken and he himself is the light that breaks through the darkness. Here is the promise of hope that Jesus gives to all those who seek him. The purpose of his arrival into this world is to save us. Is to dispel the darkness that surrounds us. To receive this gift of the Savior. To receive this gift of the Savior that was given to the shepherds that day. Jesus is called Christ the Lord. This means that when we want to receive this gift of saving, we need to acknowledge that Christ is our Lord. Meaning that our priorities need to be aligned with Jesus. That we are called to live in accordance to the teachings of Jesus. We're called to love as Jesus loved. We're called to live as Jesus lived. When we do this, when we do this, we will be saved. Our lives will be transformed and the fullness of life, what Jesus promised, comes and becomes a reality in our lives. This is the reason we celebrate Jesus. For some of us, we have experienced that saving proceeding here we can testify that yes Jesus broke the darkness that surrounded us and gave us new life that Jesus saved us and that is our reality for the past several weeks at Mount Hope Church uh, we've been uh, talking about angels among us 
We have been reminded what the angels say every time they encounter anyone when they bring good news. Do not be afraid. And we're also reminded that angels who bring good news could be you and I as well. About a decade ago, after the 2010 census took place, there was a lot of conversation about nuns. I mean N-O-N-E. I do not mean N-U-N, like a Catholic nun. N-O-N-E. This was the first time in the census in 2020, uh, 20, uh, 2010, when the census was taken, about 12 years ago. The question was asked of all Americans, what religion do you belong to? And there were several choices that were there. It was Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, several options. And one of the last ones was N-O-N-E, none. And for the first time in 2020, there was a significant portion of people that picked none. And seeing the survey and the consensus, some of the sociologists who were looking at American religious life started to comment that Christianity might no longer be the most prominent religion in the United States moving forward, but rather nuns would be the ones that would be the majority religion moving forward. In 2020, when there was a census taken again a couple of years ago, the nuns were a pretty significant majority. They were about 23% were considered as nuns. And these nuns need an angel in their lives. They need saving. They need the light of Christ in their lives. We don't know who these nuns are. They're not walking around wearing a habit like a nun would wear. But rather, they're your friends. They're your neighbors. They're your colleagues. They are those who sit, you sit next to on the soccer field or on a bleacher. They are the ones that you run into at a birthday party. They are, are in our community. And they need to hear the good news of Jesus. One of the things that Susan Robb, in her book, Angels of Christmas, we've been studying, we've been doing an Advent study, and, and several of us have been in small groups reading her book, one of the things that she talks about when she talks about the shepherds is that the shepherds, when they receive the message from the angels, they go from receiving the message to becoming messengers themselves. They experience the joy of meeting the Savior, encountering the birth of the Savior, and then they turn into messengers themselves. We read in Luke 2 that the shepherds, when they encountered Jesus, their hearts were filled with praise. They were glorifying God. Yes, when we experience the miracle of Jesus, there is joy in our hearts. We praise God and say, God, we thank you for saving us, just like the shepherds did. We say thank you for turning our darkness into dancing, and we sing praises. But the shepherds who received this message that day they quickly became messengers as well. This is what we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. And then, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. 
And all who heard it, and all who heard it, wondered what the shepherd wondered what the shepherds told them. They experienced the Savior. And they were quick to tell their friends and neighbors, everyone that they encounter. The shepherds whose darkness was dispelled out in that field by a multitude of angels singing in the field now have taken on the role of messengers. Isn't that the meaning of an angel? Is to be a messenger? Friends, the call of Christmas season and the days to come for you is to be a messenger of hope like the shepherds. May you be the voice that gives hopes to the nuns so that they may be saved, so that they may experience the light of Christ. There is one thing that the shepherds did. There's one thing that the shepherds did. If you're saying, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm buying that. This is one thing the shepherds did. The shepherds did not condemn those whom they encountered. The shepherds did not preach to them, but rather they simply shared that they met a savior, that their darkness was dispelled. Friends, that's the key to being an angel or a messenger to those who are in need of Christ. That we just tell our story. That you tell your story as to how you were saved. In doing so, the light of Christ will break into somebody else's dark, darkened world. And they will be saved. Amen. Let us pray.